Lent is coming up, and you want me to give up something? Didn't I give up beer? Wasn't that enough? I don't. That know was our very to. first season. Yeah, Let's start a podcast having a beer and talk, talking about the faith. And Dennis is like, "Yeah, I'm not drinking beer for Lent." Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host Dennis. And I'm your other co-host, Robert, and we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, doing you, you've got to explain to our listeners i could barely get through that intro over because i was cracking up you've been doing it all week no you've been doing it for the past two weeks and it doesn't get less funny every time you do it so, so you've got to yep. explain why you're you're breaking up you're freezing you're stuttering so, on. but 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 uh, so by way of explanation to our listeners there oh. <laughs> uh, our our last episode when we had uh dr michael foley the uh, author of Drinking of the Saints, Drinking with the Saints on. Right. Uh, you were having some internet problems. Oh, I there, was. Sir. Now, you and... were muted for just a brief while, but you fixed that quickly. But it seems I was a bit choppy, was I, Robert? You were more than a little bit choppy. Oh, that was the understatement. It took me hours to try to piece together I think, <laughs> one word that came out of your mouth because the <laughs> syllables droned on for about five minutes. So now, now you only have to now. Not only do you have to make me sound more intelligent, you actually have to put my sentences together. See, right there, I wasn't sure if it was your Wi-Fi that was warbly, or if that was just you not being able to get your ideas out of your mouth or not. Uh oh, am I sounding choppy again? No, I think it's just your normal speech pattern. Oh, thank God! I was worried that I was choppy twice in a row. I but no, little... you did it. You managed to get it out, so it's all good, right? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. But uh, yeah, no, that's it's it's not not getting old, buddy. It's not getting old. So we we decided we're going to do this broadcast from the same room, and if it does get choppy for next time when we have our guest, another great guest couple that you've lined up for us next week, I believe. Um, we'll have to move. So we'll see how it goes this week. And if everything's fine, we'll be fine for next week. I think next week we're just going to record in your backyard because. Uh, uh, well, we could record in the backyard today because we hit 15 degrees on February the 15th. Very impressive. That is very impressive. But no, I'm just saying that because our, our guests next week are actually your neighbors as yeah, well. Yeah, they're so, not too far away. I could throw a stone. It's a don't stone don't be throwing away. stones at houses, buddy. No, That's People in glass houses shouldn't throw stones as the old no, idiom goes. Exactly. Anyhow, exactly. what do we have on the... Well, let's, before we do, drinks... Exactly, sir. Did you want to introduce yours first? I do. In honor of our, which you're going to talk about briefly, our 50th, I decided to bring another one from the place where it all began, the Labatt genesis of it. Labatt was, 50? No, was you, you in, in Port Perry. So I brought another one that you had given me, Old Flame Vanilla Porter. I think so you're going to enjoy that. Because it's all, this is because we've reached half a century because of you. Well, Robert, thank you. And your thank genesis you. and the fact that you took the time to do this. And, you know, another 10 years, we'll be at your age. So, I mean, that's great. So, please, God, we'll get there soon. God willing. God willing. I mean, we've had 50 episodes. I think you've been on about a dozen of them. 
I mean, you had that you had a little layoff there for for illness but here i've been on a dozen of them yeah uh but no i couldn't do it without you either pal thanks right? Robert. It, it is teamwork it does it come is. down to to the conversation it comes down to the rapport we have too like we Absolutely. constantly say these conversations that people are listening to our colleagues listen to these conversations on a daily basis because that's just the way we roll at work. Right. And and that was the origin, as you said. We kept having these conversations and you said, why don't we put this in podcasts? But you're absolutely right. I just find it much easier bouncing things off you, bouncing things off a partner. I, I look at the Keith Nesters and you know the um I mean not Michael Foley because he does it with his, you know, his wife he does the podcast with. He does it very well. But even um Sean, our you know, Dram with Friends, yeah. Sean Lynn. And yeah, it's I think it's much easier having two, but I mean, yeah, or having yeah. a guest on, or our friend the cordial, not the cordial Catholic, the Catholic Canuck, our, our the friend Catholic the cordial Canuck, Catholic, David, as well. yeah, he, he does a great job. They have uh, guests on all the time, but David, the odd time, the Catholic Canuck will just go for half an hour on his own. I know, and you know, God bless him for being able to do that. And there's none of that. Um, quick, that's where you fill in with your little. Oh. I, I, I was gonna say usually you can go for half an hour as well, but that's because your Wi-Fi has chopped your word up like oh, that. I know. <laughs> I got to get the five G. Is that what I'm looking for? Five G. If you want to um, pass five G along to me, that you're more than welcome. No, but you're absolutely right. And fifty, half a century. 50, I mean, yeah. And you said you're kind of going back to the beginning. You know, the old flame is you know my favorite, my local down. That's your down local. The for my beer today, I'm going back to the beginning as well, because nice. our very first episode, so we could kind of say we're starting season three, because we started off at the beginning of Lent. We, we, yeah, we both, yeah, we have a little bit of difference of where we start the season three. For you, yes, we're we're coming on our third season at Lent. That's when we started, correct? Correct. And this is going to be our Lenten podcast today, or our Getting Ready for Lent podcast and if you go back right to episode number one, wow, was titled Beer Was Made for Lent. And I'm pretty sure I had this beer on that episode. If I didn't have it on that episode, I had it within the first three episodes. I have the Polaner Salvatore, which comes from the Polaner Brewery out of Munich. Beautiful. And this was the original what a great Lenten beer. Can. Oh, yeah, no, the, the label on that with the. The Bavarian noble and the Bavarian monk both mm -hmm. sitting down with their their mass, with their stein, their one liter of beer. But this is the original Lent beer. It is the, the first Munich Doppelbach. And this beer, the monks were brewing so that they could drink this daily for their sustenance because they right. weren't eating. So through Lent, they were going to fast. They were not mm -hmm. going to eat. So they brewed this beer, and they thought this is way too good to be a Lenten sacrifice. Did you? T I think you you might have mentioned this little uh, brief uh, history of it, which is absolutely fascinating on the first or second show. But tell us again for the listeners yeah, that didn't tune into that. So again, they're making the sacrifice. They're fasting for Lent. They're not going to eat. They're replacing what they would normally eat the nutrients they would normally take in through eating solid foods with this beer. And they said, this beer is way too good. There's no sacrifice in this <laughs> whatsoever. We have to get papal approval. So they filled up a couple barrels. 
This is the Middle Ages now, right? So this is the Middle Ages. Forever to get to Rome, but yeah. yeah. So 1630s. Okay. Oh, so not the put, Middle Ages. Okay, a little well, bit later. The, the late, late Middle Ages. Yeah. Put it in the barrels, send it over the Alps. They didn't exactly have refrigerated transport at the time. So by the time the beer gets to Rome, it is spoiled. So the Pope takes a, a taste of this beer and he's like, oh my you know, what kind of uh, guys are drinking this for Lent? This has to be Saints. like, the, yeah, they, 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 you know, straight to, to sainthood because this is so awful. It is a huge sacrifice to be drinking this beer for Lent. Go right ahead. Papal approval right away. It's like ah. the, ru the rubber stamp. Yeah, the seal. So and there you go. And I'm going to give I, this a pour so that we can get doesn't to taste before beer. 400 years old. Yeah, well, exactly. So let's get this going here. Okay. And give this a, a pour. I mean, your porter is going to be a nice dark chocolatey. Well, color. it had a it had a nice head on it until you until I rambled for so long. Yeah. Well, that's uh, a nice looking color. Yeah, like a nice deep amber on there. Okay. So that's and you're going to say amber. grace before beer for us I am. today. I will. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant, through the invocation of thy holy name, that whoever shall drink it may gain health in body and peace and soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a beautiful prayer. Cheers. Thanks over. be to God. Cheers. Cheers. Maya is looking like a, I mean, stout. Oh, that's just a nice full oh. flavor. Mm. Oh, yeah. You mm. can taste those vanilla hints in that vanilla porter. Thank you, yeah. Robert, for that beer. So both beers were purchased by Robert LeBlanc for this episode. Yeah. And so this Paul Leonard Salvatore, there'll be a couple tins that show up your way as oh, well. Oh, thank sir. you so much, Robert. Well, 50 episodes. That was great, Robert. So that we're going back two years now. So please, God, we're all on our way to a century. And please, God, you're on your way to a century. Whoever God thought we made 50. God Whoever thought I'd make 50. <laughs> exactly. last, like, two years. But here we are. Especially, you know, say, you know, 30 years ago when we were in our early 20s, who, who knew we would even make 30 at that rate that we were going back then. But I also, wanted to, I also wanted to celebrate our 50th episode. Mm -hmm. And I know we chatted a little bit about this the other day, but I thought we could celebrate our 50th episode with a little bit of a giveaway. Oh, great. And I love giveaways. I, and hopefully we can do this uh, a little bit easier than the first giveaway we did. But I'd like to do another ball cap giveaway. We always send the ball caps to our guests, but I'd like to do. to do a giveaway to one of our listeners. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a picture uh, of the ball cap. Um, maybe put the Paul Anner beer up there as well together. And I'll do a Facebook post. And what I'm going to ask our listeners to do is to swing by the Facebook page, look for the ball cap post that I'm going to put up in the next couple of days. So it'll be up by Ash Wednesday. Okay. okay. And during Lent, to so go by on that post, and in the comments section, let us know which was your favorite Pints and Pews episode. And you don't have to give the exact episode, season, and number, and title, but if you remember who the guest was, throw the guest names up. If you remember 
kind of the topic that Dennis and I were talking about, just throw the topic out there. Uh, for example, we had a listener send an email to us a couple of weeks ago that he was loving the books episode that we did. Right. Excellent. So and can, we won't, we won't be insulted if you choose an episode with the guest. We, we won't, of course you can do that. And Dennis won't be insulted if you choose an episode where he wasn't here either. <laughs> Absolutely. So. 100%. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about that, Robert. It's been so long. And so during Holy Week, and I, I made a little note here because you said when during Holy Week, I'm going to say on Easter Monday. So the Monday after okay. Easter, we will randomly pick someone who's commented their favorite episode. And we'll get in touch with them through Facebook Messenger uh, to get them a hat. Nice. That's great. So that gives them a lot of time. Now, Holy Week, technically Easter Monday. I know it's we're still in the Easter season, but it's Holy Week. Holy week's Holy week is done at that point. Mm -hmm. So we'll give them. But you're giving them an extra day. There's lots of celebrating and joyfulness. I'm thinking of that more along the lines of we'll both just forget. Yeah, good point. I'll remind you because we'll be just so busy with family things on the Easter weekend. What a great giveaway! Yes, we'd love to give away. And you know what? You're we're getting. I mean, you always show me the statistics, Robert, and I I'm just amazed that we're getting listeners really from all over the world. You know, I'm just amazed great. we're getting listeners, period. Yeah, period. That, Full that's, stop. A whole, that's a whole other story. But it's actually the 51st, which actually technically means we had the 50th with Dr. Michael Foley. It's the 51st, which happens to be the age of our new... Our new Archbishop. Archbishop. I was Cardinal just going to say, in in the news, and that Cardinal Collins tendered his resignation a year ago when he year turned ago. 75. And we hate to see him go, but everybody deserves a retirement, Robert, even you. Thank so, you. I might just take you up on that. Do you think you'll actually retire before the age of 76 like Cardinal Collins, or do you think you might go that long? I might not make it to next week, but that's just a whole. That's just a whole. Other I don't think story. we're going to seventy six. No, but no. Oh, God, God bless uh, our clerics who do absolutely go to the age of seventy five. It's amazing and beyond and beyond. And beyond. Absolutely, right? Yeah. So no, our new Archbishop designate because he hasn't been installed yet is Frank Leo. So, and I was going to say from a, a town I love, from a city I love, from Montreal. Oh, beautiful city. Now, if people are going to look up our Archbishop designate Frank Leo. And if you're going to put in Frank Leo, Archbishop of Toronto, just be aware, probably the first couple of things that are coming up on Google, uh, you're not looking for Frank Leo, the real estate agent no, in Toronto. definitely not. Mm-hmm. Though you said he's got a crack team. He uh, did Absolutely. some work for you guys. Sure. For your yep. family. Uh, but no, we're looking at uh, his grace, Archbishop Frank Leo, Francis Leo from Montreal, speaks four languages. Mm. That's and almost as many as you speak, isn't it? Or around I, the same? I, he probably speaks a couple of them better than I speak. Mm. Right? I think he's pretty fluent in the four, for sure. Yeah. Uh, French, coming... Spanish, English, Italian, I believe. Exactly. Of Italian extraction. And young, Robert. Like, I know we say young, but that's young, is it not? I like to think so because he's right in and around our age. Yeah. But for an archbishop, that is very, very young. And the first thing that jumped to my mind when I saw his age was another very young archbishop mm-hmm. who kind of climbed the, the ranks very quickly and was named Archbishop of Krakow at a very young age. 
right? And then named a cardinal. And the next thing you know, we had a pope at the age of 58 in Carol Wojtyla. Yeah. Right? Uh, St. John Paul II. And that's not to say that that's what's going to happen in this case. No. I mean, the Holy Spirit works Although... in very mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, too, you know, looking at his credentials, I mean, quite the extensive resume. Oh, with uh, a lot, his, his grace, yeah. frankly, his grace. Uh, he worked in the diplomatic service of the Holy See. And I don't know if you noticed one of his assignments, he was actually in Australia. For I saw while. that. I saw that. Yeah. I figured that would have stood out for you. Yeah. Uh, there in Hong Kong, he taught at the Grand Seminaire de Montréal, mm-hmm. right, at the seminary there. He was the general secretary of the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops. And the thing that stood out for me, he was only named auxiliary bishop of Montreal last September. Yeah. So he not even what six months? Yeah, he's only been a bishop for six months. And yeah. he's gone from being auxiliary bishop to archbishop of the largest archdiocese in the country. I know. Right? That's impressive. And he's been a pri- but he's been a priest for over a quarter century. Like he he got ordained quite young in today's day and age. You know, you've seen yeah. ordinations later and later, but he was ordained in his mid-20s, wasn't he? Yeah, he would have been, I think, 25, because I was looking, yeah. he was ordained 1996, which was the yeah. same year that Ellie and I got married. Right. So that's it's uh, easy for yeah, me that, to do the math there. That's impressive. That is like so to know to have that calling to go into the priesthood that early, especially in those days. And a few of the priests that we've had on the program, I'm thinking of uh, Father Chris Lemieux and Father, Father Eric Ma, yep. were also both late vocations. But the fact, too, that he's going from auxiliary bishop and only six months of auxiliary bishop into mm-hmm. the largest archdiocese in the country. So I kind of was curious on that, and I went and looked back. Now, I'd known Cardinal Collins was Bishop of Edmonton before mm-hmm. he came to Toronto, and before that he was Bishop of another smaller diocese, uh, Cardinal uh, Carter. So it's kind of skipping Cardinal Ambrosia, but Cardinal mm-hmm. Carter was also uh, Bishop of London, Ontario, before Small he was town, made yeah. Archbishop in Toronto. Cardinal Ambrosic, though, was simply Auxiliary Bishop of Toronto okay. before stepping into the bigger role yeah. of Archbishop. Right? And that's just to say that, you know, again, his grace, Frank Leo, has never been the guy. No. Usually you would see them be the guy, the, the bishop of a mm-hmm, smaller diocese mm-hmm, and kind mm-hmm. of cut their teeth there mm-hmm. before moving into something like Toronto and Which is a big, like you say, it is the largest diocese in Canada, if not one of the, it's got to be the top five in North America for sure, I would imagine. And then coming with uh, all of the trappings yeah. and challenges that a large metropolitan archdiocese would have. Yeah, I know, it's it's a daunting task, that for, that's for sure, but with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, hopefully he can. he's up to the job, which I'm sure he is, I don't think... Holy Father would have chosen them otherwise. Oh, exactly. Now, just before we move on from speaking mm-hmm. about uh, our new Archbishop designate, um, I heard someone say in the last, well, it's not, it hasn't even been a week, in the last few days, kind of saying, yeah, he's going to be installed as our new Archbishop, and then he's going to become our new Cardinal. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, whoa, whoa hold the oh, phone a little bit. Don't jump the gun yet. <laughs> exactly, because just being... Archbishop of Toronto is not an automatic red hat. 
Now, the three men that I mentioned before, this was three predecessors, Cardinal Collins, Cardinal Ambrosic, and Cardinal Carter. Yes, we're all cardinals. But before that, I think the only Cardinal Archbishop of Toronto was Cardinal McGuigan. Yes, Cardinal uh, McGuigan. But when did he finish up? Was there a cardinal between Cardinal McGuigan there was cardinal, and Cardinal? Uh, there was Archbishop Pocock. Oh, he was between, of course, yes. Yeah, and he, he never was, got the red hat. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd have to go and do a little bit more research into that. But so I'm assuming now we're much larger, much more diverse. It's a it's a common thing to give the red hat to the Archbishop of Toronto. So we will assume one day. One would Lord. think, but yep. again, I think no we need guarantees. to be very careful because Pope Francis has had a habit of naming cardinals from dioceses and archdioceses, which aren't normally red hat dioceses. That's right. That's right. Right, and That's he's right. passed over. Mm -hmm. There's been a few dioceses that normally get the red hat. That's right. That haven't, uh, and I know for the longest time there was contention, and I don't know if it has since changed. But for example, the Archbishop of Venice was not automatically made a cardinal, mm -hmm. as has been historically so for centuries. Mm. And there was out of the states last year. Uh, he gave the red hat, and I, can't, I don't remember the names, but I believe it was the bishop or archbishop of San Diego, which normally... That's right, yeah. LA would, get, yep, but not San Diego. As opposed to one of the other larger dioceses in the United States. So that's just something kind of to watch. Yeah. It's always cool when your bishop or archbishop is a cardinal. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, as long as he's a good shepherd... Absolutely. And, and a strong leader, and that he allows the Holy Spirit to work through him for the betterment of the archdiocese. Mm -hmm. And I'm yeah, absolutely, Robert. And I'm wondering if they would wait until uh, Cardinal Collins ages out to vote in the conclave before they would name a second cardinal for Toronto. And that quite possibly could be yeah, so. That might be something. Who knows? Lent is coming up, and you want me to give up something? Didn't I give up beer? Wasn't that enough? I don't. That know was our very to... first season. Yeah, Let's start first. a podcast, having a beer and talk, talking about the faith. And Dennis is like, "Yeah, I'm not drinking beer for Lent." And it's Boy, like, those were boring podcasts. Those first few, weren't they? I think maybe nope, they're no. all boring. I don't. <laughs> no, no joke there. Insert joke. So I haven't decided what I'm giving up. Um. Yourself, Robert, have you decided? A number of different things. And they're kind of wow. my, almost my standard sacrifices. Uh, I'm going to cut the sugar out of my coffee. No, so. no, no, we need to go. You did that last year. I you know I did that last up. year. Forget it. Let's get you desserts. Desserts in general. Anything with yeah. sweet in it. Yeah, no. So the dessert after the meal. Okay. We'll go. The second helping. Gonzo. See, see, I think you're trying to do too many. I think you need to focus no. on one and run with that. Second, how many times do you have second helpings? Don't answer that question. But five meals a day. Um, and how are you a big dessert person? Do you have a lot of hundred percent? Like it, the the so meal is not, you're not helping me here, Robert. And how many times do you put sugar in your coffee? Every time I have a coffee. Work with me. <laughs> okay, so those are three things. Now you're really you're up in the ante here. So when I say and and then sweets the other. Or, the other yeah, thing on. that I do as well is uh, I mean, there's the standard Lenten fast, but on Wednesdays and Fridays, I'll cut lunch out. 
Yeah, I remember you doing that the past couple of years. That mm. that's very impressive. So um, the, the, so those are kind of my standard, and I want to say public sacrifices. Mm -hmm. There are some sacrifices, some things that I'm giving up that are best left shared in the mm -hmm. confessional only. Okay. Right. Like that's there, there's that's just a lot. Some things that's a lot. But not enough. I'm giving up vodka. No, I haven't had vodka in about 20 years. What do you think about there, that? There, isn't that, isn't there that, you go. Don't we get that every year, though, Robert? I'm giving up. How often? You know, oh, I have it once every six months. Well, that's not much of a sacrifice. That's kind of like the students. I'm giving up homework for Lent. Yeah, I'm giving up homework. Chewing gum. Yeah. I am going to give up something. I just, I have a week to decide. So I'm not going to put it on air just in case. But I definitely, I, I'm looking at a few things right now. We discussed them, too. So I'm yeah. keeping those private. But it is it's not going to be discuss beer, them. It, yeah. it is good to discuss them with others. It yeah. is good to let others know what you're giving up for that. Now, again, it's not to go on a podcast and say this is what no, I'm giving exactly. up for. No, exactly, and that's what I don't want to do. I don't want to. And that's you know, why I said say, there's there's some things that are yeah public and others know. But it's good to have someone to help keep you accountable. Which is going to be you when I tell you in the next few days. But I can hardly remember what you know how to put my left shoe on my right no, foot. It's, it's definitely going to be food oriented. And um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's something too to put some thought into, and hopefully, we get this podcast out in enough mm -hmm. time to help people start thinking about that. Because if you leave it until the last minute, you're right. either going to pick something that has no significance, like you said, the vodka that you haven't had a drink in of for the years, last twenty yeah. years, or you're going to shoot for the stars and try to do something that you're not capable of doing. Well, you're right. And I, I think you set yourself up for failure. You're going to talk about that too as we talk about prayer and almsgiving. But I think it's just a good time to take stock in your spiritual life. Where like where are where are you in your spiritual life? Where are you in the faith? Like, do things do you need to reevaluate things in life? I think Lent is a great time for that. And sometimes we don't take the time. Lent, when you give up some of these things or or you know, have a prayerful life that becomes more amplified during Lent or, or start giving more to charity, you, you take start taking stock. And I think that's a great time to say, hey. Can I do a little bit more? And I think that's something that I've been thinking about over the past few months. And hopefully I'll be able to kind of take real stock during Lent. Oh, 100%. 100%. A lot of times when I look at it, I see Lent as that time to make true change, both on a, a spiritual and also on a physical level, as opposed to, say, New Year's Day. Mm -hmm. Oh, Absolutely. Right. 100%. And we've got all these dry Januaries and dry Februaries and, and, you know, good for those people to do that. But if I have to do any, if I'm going to do any of that stuff, it's going to happen during the 40 days for sure, Robert. Yeah. And I think having it during the 40 days of Lent, it just gives it that little bit of extra connotation. It gives it a little bit of, of extra meaning to it. Like there's, spiritual consequence if Absolutely. you it, it takes it out of the secular realm and moves it into the spiritual for sure 100 percent. yeah and the the look on your face as you're saying that yeah says like that's just the right like it mm -hmm. just has that that little bit uh of keeping you on the, the straight and narrow whereas if you stumble with your new year's resolution it's like yeah okay whole hum everybody everybody does, does yeah but when you stumble with your lenten obligation it's not just that you're disappointing yourself, you're disappointing mm -hmm. God, 
Right. And I, I like the fact that you put almsgiving too. So it means I'm going to have to open up my wall a little bit more during watch the moths fly out, Robert. Yeah, for the Robert LeBlanc Early Retirement Fund. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, no, you were talking about renewing your spiritual life, renewing your prayer life. So your sacrifice doesn't just have to be giving something up, but taking something on as well. Mm -hmm. So increasing your time spent in prayer. I would really like to challenge our listeners increasing the time spent in silence. I was just going to I was just going to say that after you said prayer. It's funny you said that. Increasing putting away the distractions, Robert, just for a little while every day in Lent. Beginning yeah. of the day, end of the day, sometime during the day. Yeah, and and carving it but having a set time mm -hmm. and saying at this particular time is time just for silent reflection. Mm -hmm. And it could be when I'm out walking the dog, mm -hmm. I'm not going to listen to music or a podcast. I'm just going to go and be alone with the Lord and my thoughts. Mm -hmm. It could be your daily commute. Instead of having the mm -hmm. radio going while I'm in the car, the radio is going to be off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and carving out Great that idea. silence. The problem is you put me onto those great Catholic podcasts, Robert, and now, you know, Unfortunately, I'm listening to a lot of those, which, you know, are our three favorite ones. We spoke about them, four favorite ones. We've had them all on the show, too. And we keep repeating them. Maybe we should start charging them for advertising. <laughs> They're just so easy to listen to. Um, no, you're absolutely right, Robert. I think that's it, too. You, we've always got to have some sort of distraction, some noise in the background. And I find that, too, even me just listening to the news, the this the 680 news as I go to work, the same thing every 10 minutes. Yeah. And I'm thinking I'd be better off left in silence. So maybe I'll make that effort this Lent. Yeah. Or you know, make the effort to get to your parish's holy hour. All right? I'm sure that every parish has a holy hour, has a, a time through the week, and it would be at different times mm -hmm. for each parish. And if it your parish's time doesn't fit for you, maybe the, the next parish over, their time fits for you. And go spend some time in silence with the Lord. Absolutely. Or just pop into the church during hours. I know our church is open from the morning to the evening without, you know, and they might not have anything on. I don't know if you can get into your church other than set times up in the De depend Depending on the church, uh, Somewhere along the line, someone thought it would be a good idea to give me a key. So yeah, I can stop mm. in. When, I can stop in whenever I like. Uh, not that I take advantage of that, and mm -hmm. you know, but it is nice. And you know what? I've done that too. Not just let myself in and gone, but when we've had the twenty-four hours adoration in the church, and so I, I sign up for the sometimes like the weird hours. But to go sit in a church and you are the only one in the building. Number one, the building makes weird noises, mm -hmm. which will kind of spook you out a little bit. But just to be the only one there all by yourself with the Lord. The only human being in the building, of course, yeah. Yeah. I, there's a whole bit of a heretical statement in that because <laughs> our, our Lord is 100% human course. as well. But but I, I know what you're saying, you know, because it's the Eucharistic Lord that is there. But yeah, carving out that time for prayer. Right. And if it is not, maybe backing up, playing, praying the rosary. Again, when I'm walking the dog, I will pray the rosary when I walk the dog. right? Or getting up a little bit earlier to do the readings of the day. Mm -hmm. right? Or some other kind of spiritual reading. Yes, all food for thought. I think some of our listeners will take this to heart. 
Hopefully, hopefully this my co-host will take some of this to heart. But that's absolutely. Cool. I'm already planning a few things, but we'll have to. But again, I, I say that tongue in cheek. Mm -hmm. I need to do that own, own same reflection. I think and, we all do, Robert. We constantly need to to do more, even though we do. I mean, you certainly do a lot, especially in your parish. But but no, we can always be doing more, or we could yeah. always be doing something different, or we could be doing it better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, and we all need to have that time to to stop and pause. Which reminds uh, me of a great article. I'll have to pass that along. Just spoke exactly to what you're saying but we'll talk about that in another episode no because we'll both forget but you have a quote for us today robert what's your quote that looks like a really good quote okay so on the notion of lent came across this quote in a recent episode again from our great friend oh, the cordial catholic just for lent again now with yeah. all those things that you do give up and stuff now on sundays do you allow yourself a little bit of sugar in the coffee are you okay to on the feast days to imbibe or are you like a straight 46 i try i try not to okay i try okay. not to and the reason why i try not to imbibe is because i know myself and once I let it go. The floodgates open. Okay. And then that's just it. Lent is over. Mm -hmm. So I find it. And it's just for myself. Some yeah, people are able for, to do that. For some listeners, absolutely. 100%. If you want to imbibe on the Sunday, the thing that you're giving up, the church allows for that. For sure. Yeah. Just I personally can't because if I imbibe mm -hmm. on Sunday, the next thing you know, it bleeds into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Right. Right. So... And you were going to talk about your quote. My quote here, which I, I was saying we got from, I got from the Cordial Catholic. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Keith, I'll send you the invoice for all the advertisement Free that advertising. we've been doing for Keith. you. Yeah. Uh, he recently had on his show Dr. Matthew Brenniger, and I'm sure I mispronounced that, mm -hmm. uh, who teaches, I want to say clinical psychology, like the, the therapy and counseling at mm -hmm. Franciscan University of Steubenville. Mm -hmm. During his interview with Keith, he just kind of slid in there. Yeah. Now, the other day when I was talking to my neighbor, Scott Hahn, mm -hmm. and as he was going, <laughs> that's what he said. It's it's Ohio small, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they're both working at the same school. Right. The chances of them being, yeah. being neighbors can happen, right? But somewhere along the line, and it just stuck with me, and here I'm going to paraphrase because I was too lazy to go back and listen to the whole interview over again to, to get that. Uh, I did check in with Keith and he said, yeah, it sounds like something he would have said. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to paraphrase here, Dr. Matthew Brenniger. You give up something good for something even greater. And I think that just ties in perfectly with Lent. Lent mm -hmm. is about giving up something that's good, right? It's not about giving up something that you hate. I'm mm -hmm. going to give up Brussels sprouts. I'm going to give up the <laughs> vodka that I never drink. Right. Right. It's about giving up something good for something that's even greater. Yes. Nice. Right. And so mm -hmm. that just that just stuck with me. I thought that how perfect is that? That's a great quote. For for Lent. For Lent. It's a perfect quote for Lent. And so yeah, it just stuck with me. I don't think we've already spoke about the fast. And I don't think we need to go into any more detail than that. I've rambled enough. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have a couple sips of my beer here while you tell us about your quote. Well, you, it's one of your favorite people and one of my GK Chesterton. 
Oh, oh, oh. before you I'm get into your yeah. quote, I have to show you. I have my G.K. Chesterton shirt on here. And That's... in Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. I've got that T-shirt on, buddy. You've got to take a photo of that and put it on the uh I did because that's a great one. One. Oh, I did that. It's on the Facebook page somewhere. I put a picture of that up. I love that shirt. I love it too. So, um, so okay, you got a GK chest. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. That's okay. That's okay. GK chest. I hope I don't start freezing as I read this quote. I've heard this quote many times, Robert. It's not just the first time I've heard this, I'm sure I've heard a number of times. And it's uh, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. And I, I think sometimes it. that's so true for all of us, especially me. It's just, you know, and a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's not that it's, there's, there's nothing is wanting in that. It's got everything you need. The faith has everything you need. But sometimes it's just darn difficult, isn't it? And we let, we leave it untried or we don't follow through with the faith in many cases. A hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. We have gotten so comfortable in our lives. Comfortable. That we don't want to do what's difficult. And the Christian life is difficult. Christ himself told us it was going mm. to be difficult. He said, You need to pick up your cross and follow me. Yeah. The cross was not easy. I mean, even Christ himself asked for the Lord, for the Father to take that away from him. Mm -hmm. right? And I think we could go down a huge list of the parts of the faith that are difficult. Absolutely. Right? Yep. yep. Nowhere in the New Testament will you find, you know, the church will be comfortable. You will have a very comfort comfortable life as a Christian. It's just not there, is it? Unless you go to the parish that has the, the padded pews. <laughs> we don't right. have many of those, do we? But there's there's a few Catholic churches that have them. I love a good solid pew. I'm able to yeah. lean back and yeah, you're you know, get a probably, couple vertebrae to pop. And it's all you're the, probably the type of guy like that likes the old wooden with the like little carpet or felt on the, the wooden um, kneelers. Is that true? Is that you or what? I like what, the big cushy ones when I put the What's thing a kneeler? <laughs> You can oh, go you back to see, you can go back to season one for that too. I think we That's talked right. about that, that one time. Right. Ceramic tile. Sorry, you're you're new. There's a ceramic tile. Exactly, but again, that is just if my a, it's a personal penance that I've yeah. chosen to do for a very personal reason, which I don't know if I've ever said to you in private. If I haven't, talk to me about it tomorrow, and I'll right. explain to you why I do that. It's not something that I would mention on air, but for no. a very personal reason. Uh, that is a penance. I'm going without a kneeler. And I got to tell you, it's tough. If my kneeler's not foam's not four inches thick, I'm just sitting. I'm just putting that out there now. And, um, and, and talking about I, that too, I remember for a while we were building a church. So our mass was actually being held in the school gym. And one of the fundraising things they did is somebody got a bunch of foam and put it inside some fabric. And so when you showed up for mass in the gym, there was a big pile of these foam kneelers with the sign that said, our needs, your knees, $5, right? And you would put your $5 in, get your foam kneeler, save your <laughs> save your knees, give to the needs of the parish. That's a great, great little fundraiser. 
No, I, I mean, they just put kneelers and new kneelers in our church. Father Chris has a spoiler. Maybe it was for with Father Keith, but they're, um, they're, yeah, they're pretty thick. They're a few inches thick. The reason I say the carpet, it was an old church in Toronto, must be at least a hundred years old. And I remember kneeling down and looking at it, and it was just like carpet that was just like stapled to the the wooden kneelers. To the top. Now, that's, here's the next question: When you're using the kneeler, well, Bear would be yes, like, sir. "That's too comfortable. I'm not kneeling." Go are, on. Are, are you resting your behind on the pew behind you? Like, are, are your buttocks on the pew while you're kneeling there, sir? Oh, oh. You actually oh, had no, to no, think about no. that. I, did. <laughs> I just, for a minute, I thought you meant the slot in, in where you sit, the actual pew itself. Is there that opening at the bottom, which there are in many pews? No, of course, there's not in ours. But I know what you mean. Absolutely not. 100%. When, when, no. when you're kneeling, you're the full resting your behind. You're doing no, the no, full I'm kneel. No, I'm not. I'm going the full kneel. Good Until on I'm you. about, please God, 80, 85, and I don't. I, you know, I'm finding it difficult to kneel. I'm doing the full kneel. You know, it's not the kneeling that's the problem. It's the getting back up. That's get, yes. that's getting to be the problem. Especially at your age. Absolutely. Okay, we're almost at that point in time. Do we get You're a just, where's the fire, buddy? You just got us moving along here <laughs> like right, no tomorrow. You, 45 minutes. We're getting down to 45 minutes in this. I told you that's not us? that's just not in my DNA. I know. Did you kiss Barney Stone twice, or was that me? I swallowed it, buddy. <laughs> gotta wipe that down. I got I hit my head on the top of the Barney Stone, but anyhow. Yes, come on, drum roll. What in the church is that? Here we go again. Hey, Robert, I've got it's a two-parter. It's one part. The first one is tied to one of my questions from a few weeks ago, which you answered uh, absolutely 100% correct. The second one is um, is a new one. So, uh, If it's tied go. to something from two weeks ago, like I have absolutely no clue because... How long have I mean, we been doing this segment? Breakfast is a mystery. How long have we been doing this segment? This is maybe the fourth time we've done the segment. A couple of months. Since 2022, yeah. we've been doing this since last year. Wow. Yeah, I think we started maybe last November, maybe December. But I think this is the fourth This is the fourth go around for, for this. And I pretty well haven't stumped you, except when I came up with like a 12th century. Scare. Simony. Simony. <laughs> yeah, Simony. You, you got me on. Yeah, but... Simony. I hope okay. I got you on Simony. Uh, hopefully, um, thinking of Simony, hopefully that wasn't part of the, the announcement of our new Archbishop Deaconet. Right? Uh, hopefully, hopefully, he's not a listener of the show yeah, because we, by this we point... We eventually want to get him on, and you've ruined any chance of that in the next done, 25 years. Done. Here we go. What This is a what in the church is that? So here we go. I've been trying all day with the pronunciations. Aspersorium. What oh. is Robert and Aspersorium? Again, the hint is it is tied oh, I, in directly to one of the items that I spoke about a couple of months ago, which you got correct. It's tied into, and again, my pronunciation, Aspergillum. Aspergillum. It is aspergillum. tied into the Aspergillum. Good, Robert. Right. Very good. So it is what? Robert? And I'm wondering if it's the homework I gave you when we did that one on the episode and you would go back, that was the very first time we did what in the church is that? Right. So what's the word again? Aspersorium. Aspersorium. So asperger in French, I wouldn't know, it would come from the Latin root mm -hmm. at the beginning, is like to spray or to sprinkle. Okay. 
and the aspergillum. Sorry, yeah, the aspergillum. The aspergillum is kind of like the wand that the father wand. uses or the, the the cleric uses to spray holy water. Which you got correct on the other show. Absolutely. Right. But an aspersorium, I'm going to go out, and you say the two are directly linked. Related. Yes, they are. So I'm of one of two minds, but I'm going to say that is the bucket or the bowl that holds the holy water before it is sprinkled. And another correct answer, ladies and gentlemen. It is the kettle where the blessed water is kept, sprinkled, of course, with the aspergillin. Robert, very well done. Well, no, next hey, one. I next you know, one thank I, you, thank you for looking that up because that was one yeah. that I did not know what it, the proper name was for it. And I think I said, Oh, you gotta go find that out. Yeah, and you know what, Robert? I just thought you know. I didn't realize they all had such cool Latin names, but um, yeah, I'm learning so much doing this. The next one, I think it's a little bit easy. I, I think you know it, but I thought I'd put it in there because it kind of sounds like something maybe I should make sure my furnace has, but it has nothing to do with the furnace, but it just sounds like it could. What is a purificator? Purificator? Yes, a purificator. So a purificator is generally... I want to say an eight by 11 white linen that's folded into three would have a red cross stitched in the middle normally. And it comes with the whole ensemble of the chalice at mass. And it's used for? It is used for purifying. That's why it's called the purificator. Okay, careful. So cleaning what? Is used to no. You got. I'm going to give you the full right answer, but it's well. It's used to clean or purify sacred vessels. I have that it is a linen towel for cleaning the chalice, patent, and the mouth and fingers of the priest. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't done yet, but yeah, yeah, okay. But in but the purificator, and it's done for that. And again, the red cross is there, so you know that. Yeah, but when you've done that, there's there's still fragments of the Eucharist in there, so it needs to be cleaned properly. Right, but you can use that. I, I mean, you say about cleaning the hands of the priest, so they would use a Bef- different towel at the beginning, but at the end, yeah. right? Yeah. At the end, yes. They would then take this one purificator, clean mm-hmm. all, including their mouth and their fingers, which I thought was very, very nice. Yeah, so, and again, we spoke about before, too, how some more traditional priests, once they've done the consecration, if they're not holding the Eucharist, will actually hold their thumb and forefinger together, so in case there are any fragments of the blessed sacrament there so it doesn't fall i had a very holy priest in university who used to do exactly that yep and then even you you might notice after communion too when they're putting the water into the chalice to purify the chalice Mm -hmm. they'll actually pour that water over their thumb and forefinger as well to wash that off i've seen that before and extraordinary ministers of the eucharist should be doing this as well after Hmm. distributing communion in a special finger bowl that's been set aside wash their their fingers and then also they should be using a purificator to dry their hands because there could be particles of the blessed sacrament there so it's not just reserved for the priest but it's any time that something would come into contact with the blessed sacrament now that water if it's not consumed that water can go into the flowers in front of the altar it can go into the front lawn of the the parish uh, as long as it's not going down the sewer. Hmm. 
And again, that's why those linens need to be washed in a special way so that that water, again, goes out into nature. It doesn't go down the sewer. You can't just yeah. throw it into your washing machine. You thought you were giving me something easy. I know. This is why we won't get down to a half an hour episode. But we can try. I will try. If I can just kind of... If you, you can the, stump me, then if you can get the Coles Notes up. version of the Never. Aspersorium and the Purificator, but. Okay, shout outs to end the show. I want to give Where? a shout out shout to out. my parish priest. So, Father Keith. Father Keith, at yep. the end of January, so January 26th, mm -hmm. is actually a special day in both of our lives. I know. It's kind of eerie, coincidental. Yeah, so both of our fathers passed away on the same date. Not the mm -hmm. same date. It was four or five years apart. Right. right. Uh, so by January 26th is the anniversary of both of our dads passing. And so every year on that date, I like to have a mass said for the repose of my dad's soul. Mm -hmm. And last year, Father was away on holiday, but he had his friend come and say Mass. And so Mass was said in our local parish. But this year, Father was away in the Holy Land. He was on pilgrimage in the Holy Land. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't able to get anyone to come into parish to say Mass. So he still said the Mass for my dad's intention on the anniversary of his passing, when he said it at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Wow. Right. So like, just how cool is that? Beautiful. To have a Mass intention said at the church that is at the place of our Lord's burial. That's, that's yeah, that's very nice. Right. So that, I was just floored by that. So I, that's why I wanted to give that shout out to Father Keith. Um, number one for Beautiful. his vocation and saying the Masses. Yes. Um, for us. But then also just to have said the mass for for my dad. Taking time to remember place. that when he's yeah. he's on pilgrimage to to the Holy Land for sure. Now, Dennis, yourself, do you have a shout out? Well, let's just give a shout out to you. We'll finish as we began, Robert. I started with a um, a vanilla porter from you from Port Perry, but um, yeah, I just give a shout out. I just want to give a shout out to you, Robert. In all honesty, I know we joke around, but you did start this two years ago. Um, coming on two years and uh, we're on a 50th episode i'm enjoying myself and i thank you i thank you for doing the episode i thank you for your friendship and keeping me on the straight and narrow which is not an easy job but um i'm Thanks growing to God i have paula to help me out for yes I, i'm growing in my faith and i i do appreciate uh your friendship in the faith i i really need it and um thank you for uh getting us to 51 episodes and please god once we hit 60 the same uh, episodes, episodes as your as your uh age uh we can celebrate some more i tease you you're not that I'm, old you just I'm, look that old i'm truly humbled yeah, uh, i'm no, tru truly humbled by your words uh you need to know and i think you do know that the the sentiment goes in both directions yeah i think we you know we do uh, despite our our flaws and the fact that we're what do you mean and... our flaws despite your flaws <laughs> sorry first <laughs> no. person singular despite my flaws uh and we're both sinners uh we're a work in progress but we've got uh, the saints to keep us on the straight and narrow and i think we i think for all of our listeners robert and i'm sure you would concur to have that person that you can 
you know, certainly bounce things off in terms of the faith, discuss the faith on a regular basis, you know, that uh, certainly helps. It certainly helps with the, the prayerful life as well. 100%, 100%. I know we've spoken about it many, many times on the podcast. To have that friend, to have that fellowship in the faith, it is so necessary so so necessary especially so, today in today's day and age so i again i thank you for your words like i said i'm yeah. i'm humbled by that um but just know that the, the feeling is mutual and i could give the exact same shout out using yeah. the exact same words and just have it going so having said that and now that i've you know butted you up but do you think maybe a half an hour is in order next time we're on plates and pews the two of us not no, gonna happen. It's not gonna. It's just not gonna happen because. Well, we you know get what? Going. It seemed like a half an hour though, Robert, because it kind of flew by. Did it not? It signed to go really quickly. We probably were like a little bit less than we normally are. We'll I think so, and we were set hour. up to be a little bit less than we normally are. Sure. And then all of a sudden, we were wanting to talk about the fiftieth episode, and all of a sudden, we're wanting to talk about the new Archbishop. Archbishop and and Lent, which is kind of important in the Catholic faith. I'm just going out on a limb there, but. Just and a great quotes bit. and great quotes and what in yeah. the church is that which you gave us not the Coles note version but you are two for two. I'm so sorry, you're never going to get the Coles note version. I just I don't know how to do that. I know. I just you're I batting a know. thousand. You're batting a thousand, except that one, uh, except Simony. for Simony. But so you're batting probably eight fifty. Yeah. But like you say, Dennis, the time really seems to have flown by, and my hourglass is pretty much empty. So I just want to mention that briefly. Um, I've never seen this before, Robert. I mine is empty too, but I've got like a little bit of sediment at the bottom. Yeah, I have it. I don't think I've seen that in many beers. So what? Usually, that, I, I get that in. I like say it. the tra- the Trappist ales. Oh, okay. You usually it just seems get some like sediment. it's a really, I don't know, uh, a good, a well made beer. The fact that that is that yeah, a end. little a little bit of yeast at the bottom. Yeah, is, is all that. I'm is. enjoying that. So, Dennis, buddy, just before we wrap up here, perhaps there's just one small favor we could ask of our listeners. If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. So I just I couldn't resist. I had to get that in before the end. But while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook and drop us a line there or at pintsandpews at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. Absolutely, Robert. And one more time, do you want to just remind them quickly of the due date? I think you said Monday. Mm Yes. So for our great 50th episode giveaway, the Facebook post will go up before Ash Wednesday with the picture of the hat. And all we ask is that you uh, put in the comments, what was your favorite Pints and Pews episode? So between Ash Wednesday and Easter Monday, on that post, what is your favorite Pints and Pews episode? Good. And maybe we should give away 50 hats. No, I'm joking. Okay, but we will then talk again soon, very soon, Robert. God willing. And until then, can you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton? In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless. Take care. <laughs>